The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So at least to a few of you, I apologize for the ending or what, asking you what would you hope not to pick up because that just set up to pick it up. It's like, it's like saying, don't think of white elephants. <laughs> you weren't, and now you are. You weren't thinking about the thing, and now, you've, now you are. Thanks, Gil. <laughs> but uh, perhaps um, it's not so much the issue of whether you pick something up or not, but the issue is what you can learn from it, how you can study it. And sometimes we study by studying the contrast, contrast of a time when, when in some ways we're not caught up in something versus a time we are and what it feels, how it feels differently in the body, how it feels different in the mind. It's a whole, whole constellation of differences uh, can help us a lot to kind of uh, hold it lighter or understand or see more deeply what's going on. And um, one of the values of meditation practice is to help make that contrast so we can see better. Um, if you have a sharp contrast, it highlights much better what's going on. So welcome to um, our Dharma practice day. And um, we are, for this year, doing the theme of the ten paramis, perfections, ten virtues that support practice and support our caring for, the, for others through our compassion. And uh, we're now in the third uh, class, so the third virtue, which is called renunciation. For those of you who might be new to these Dharma practice days, they are a little bit kind of the workshop format in the sense that there's not that much meditation that happens, but rather there's a, a way of uh, engaging, exploring uh, the topic, the Dharma, the practice, uh, in community. And so a lot of it will happen in conversation and uh, exercises and ways of exploring um, yourself. Um, I think that's uh, much more realistic and much deeper to discover the Dharma through your own lived experience of it than to have some teacher like me sitting up here and just blabbing away. So I'll try not to do much of that today. Um, And um, so um, the topic of renunciation is one that has sometimes been said to be unpopular in the West and it's probably unpopular anywhere, (laughs) not unique to the West. But um, if we kind of avoid, for the moment, uh, the word renunciation, instead use the word letting go, I think many people can appreciate there are times and places where it's important to let go. Um, the uh, prime, you know, it's, it's also central to the whole Buddhist enterprise of practice to let go, because freedom means to no longer cling, no longer hold, hold on tight, no longer grasp. And so, in order to let go of the grasping, there has to be some movement of letting go of release. And so it's really kind of one of the things at the heart of Buddhism is to learn to let go. And I think of letting go as a skill, kind of like having a muscle, that we can learn to develop. Some people have held on to such some things so tightly for a lifetime that things are frozen. It's really hard to dislodge. And it takes a while to soften, to thaw out, to begin to let the kind of frozen parts of us kind of open up and so we can, you know, release things that we've been holding on to, sometimes for a lifetime. And sometimes we hold on, we grasp onto things, and it's very quick and easy to let go, <coughs> as long as we're, we know that it's useful to do that. Uh, it can be as simple as, 
being being on the freeway, and um, and someone uh, uh, you know it's stop and go traffic, and someone forces themselves into you into your lane, and you know tries to, and you could insist on your right to be there first and prevent them from coming in, or you can let go and just let this person let the person uh, in, or the person has forced themselves forced them into your lane. And um, maybe the issue then is to let go of your self-righteousness. Um, that's okay to be self-righteous, perhaps, but uh, it's not going to help the person who cut you off. You know, you probably never see them again unless you, you know, just... But for you, you can, if you're simmering for the next five minutes, uh, then, um, you know, it's, it's you know, why? why? You know, who, who's really suffering? And so you might have the understanding, I think I'll let go of my, my anger, my resentment. And so it might be simple, something like that. I'm better off letting go. And so one way or the other, a lot of the Dharma practice is exploring what can we usefully let go of? What's appropriate to let go of? And how can I benefit from letting go? How is it to my own, my own best interest? And in exploration of the paramis, how is it really for the best interest of others? How is it part of our compassionate concern for others that we learn to let go? Uh, so something like global... Um, you know, we see that there's a, you know, the tragedy of the commons. We, we share the commons, the globe, the environment with, you know, billions of people. And so it seems pretty small, uh, our contribution to air pollution. Uh, but, uh, uh, so why should I bother about what I contribute? But perhaps are the impact of our use of things has, an, you know, our use of things has an impact on the world. And so perhaps our care and compassion, and as a citizen of the world, that we're all in it together, perhaps I'll drive less. And so I'll let go of something, because I don't want to contribute any more to, uh, more than necessary. So, out of compassion for the world, we, we let go as well. So I think that it's relatively easy to find examples and situations in life would be useful to let go. I think it's relatively easy to maybe appreciate that letting go doesn't come easy, and so it's something that we uh, learn a skill for how to develop, to understand uh, how to do it in better and better ways, to be quicker at it, to be wiser at it as well, because it can be unwise letting go. And then there's renunciation, and uh, it's you know, and it's interesting to explore the contrast between these two words, and I don't really know fully what the difference is between these two words. Um, however, um, uh, renunciation is heavier. You know, it's kind of renunciation is like, you know, a little bit, some people get oppressed by the word, you know, renunciation. It's like, it's, you know, it has this kind of, I don't know, religious, heavy duty, moralistic, religious sense of obligation, duty, um, that there's all these wonderful, beautiful things in the world that you have to give up for some higher good. And, um, you know, and it just... You, you, left a, you left one of a religion that focused too much renunciation, and now you come to Buddhism, and they're telling you to renounce too? I mean, you know, another party-pooping religion. <laughs> and um, so, so there are you know, all kinds of questions about it. I think the word renunciation um, has a very strong association with monastic or, uh, renunciation, to renounce the world, uh, to leave some worldly ac- activity, so renounce being in the worldly life, social life, renouncing uh, sexuality, Buddhist monastics are celibate. Uh, it's kind of has a, can have very big uh, connotations in people's minds. It's one thing to let go of my irritation, it's another thing to let go of 
you know, something that seems, you know, my wealth, you know, or something seems important to you. So I think of renunciation as being a much bigger challenge, uh, challenging idea, and that's part of the value of the idea, is to challenge us in a deeper way. And I think of there's two primary areas uh, for this word renunciation. Uh, one is more like letting go. It's to renounce things that we know are not healthy, not beneficial for us, not useful for us. And so uh, they can be small things, but also they can be big things. Um, when, we make a re- when we let go, it can be just one-time thing. When we renounce, it sounds like a commitment, it's like a bigger intention. Like I can let go of, you know, buying wine at dinner today. Thank you. You know, I can do that. But, uh, you know, to renounce wine means kind of I'm giving it up, you know, for much more than just this dinner. I'm kind of making a life choice here that's going to last for a longer period of time. So that's part of why renunciation has a heavier connotation because it involves a kind of commitment or a vow or something. The Latin word for renounce apparently means to announce again. So it's kind of make a, you know, to make a strong, a strong statement, strong public statement. Like, this is what I commit myself to. Um, and so sometimes the idea of committing ourselves is a very important one. So what do you commit yourself to? I suppose, and uh, so, so sometimes, it, you know, it's obvious, you know, like giving up alcohol if you're an addict, it's really useful to renounce that. And some people need to struggle to find that renunciation. It benefits them and their family and friends dramatically to have done that. And probably many of you have been engaged in some activity that you've decided not just to give up this one time, but to give up in a more, uh, more broad-scale way. I'm going to renounce cigarettes, or I'm going to renounce gossiping, or I'm going to renounce, you know, something. And uh, so there's that whole side of renunciation, which is a serious kind of sense of vow or commitment to engage in letting something go because we see it's beneficial to do so even though it might be hard. The other kind of renunciation is, involves choosing to renounce something, give something up, not because it itself is inherently harmful to anyone, but rather because in giving it up, we train ourselves. It highlights, it helps, it helps us uh, become better people. It helps us to understand better, it helps us to confront ourselves, it helps us in some other way. So for example, um, when you sit and meditate, um, one thing you could renounce is moving. When you sit, you're going to sit still. You could, there's nothing wrong with moving inherently, you know, generally, unless you're moving is punching a friend out. But I was almost punched out. I almost punched someone out in the monastery in Japan dur- <laughs> during meditation. <laughs> Dur- you know, in, this, in the meditation hall. No, it would have gone very, very badly for me. I'm convinced that all the monks would have ganged up on me if I had, but I was so angry with the guy sitting next to me. He would, um, he would poke me and pull my robes, and, you know, he, you know, he was kind of like a bully, and, you know. So, you know, I just had to sit there, still. So, it was good I didn't move that way. But... Um, the, um, so, um, but you know, to sit still, to renounce moving, then can highlight all the reasons why we want to move, 
or the addiction to moving. For example, you might be very, a person might be very addicted to being comfortable or have a lot of resistance to feeling uncomfortable. And it's really valuable to really face and look at what is going on inside of me uh, and really confront the self-pity or the anger or the resistance or the many different issues that can bubble up when, um, uh, that we can't really see clearly if we move freely. Or say that, you know, sh- you know that maybe shopping, there's nothing wrong with shopping, perhaps. Um, however, maybe you're addicted to shopping. And so there's nothing you know, wrong with buying the things you buy, but maybe it'd be really useful to really look at the addiction. So you renounce the shopping, to really look. So religious traditions in general uh, can often emphasize the role of discipline. So have a discipline. So recently someone um, emailed me saying, why do I have to do walking meditation on retreat? And uh, I don't like walking meditation. I just want to sit all the time. And there's many reasons for that. But one of the reasons is if you can take it on as a discipline, where you're doing something that you don't necessarily like. It's not your preference. And so you get to see your relationship to your preferences. In this person's case, she found out very quickly that the reason she wanted to avoid um, walking meditation was that um, she, wa- she was on retreat. She wanted to avoid contact with other people. Because, <laughs> you know, to walking halls, everyone's walking together. And, and so, you know, she hadn't realized that there was a resistance to meeting, being around other people that was a particular issue for her. So if she just indulged in her desire to sit all the time, she wouldn't have maybe noticed that she was actually, it was actually kind of resistance to people or avoidance or aversion that's going on. So what, um, so if you get up and, you know, if you follow the discipline of sitting, walking, sitting, walking, then it might reveal something that otherwise would be hidden. Um, so part of the value of renunciation is you renounce things which maybe are not, not, not bad, but in renouncing them, we learn a lot about ourselves. We wouldn't learn if we had freedom to do whatever we want. So that's another value. Another value of renunciation, and I think of this mostly on retreats, but it can happen in other places, is that um, sometimes when you renounce choice and control, uh, it frees up that part of the, helps free up that part of the mind that always wants to be in control. And I see that, you know, especially in retreats. I've done retreats where I just follow the schedule exactly as it was posted. Because, and then when the bell rang for walking, I got up and walked. When the bell rang to sit, I went down to sit. And I renounced any choice about what I did. Um, and it, it showed me, like when the end of my sittings were really good, I would feel like, I really want more of this. Let me just sit longer. Nope, I'm supposed to get up, I'll get up. And so I got to see my clinging to wanting to sit. And, um, but also what it helped me do was to give up all the evaluation. Should I get up now? Should I not get up now? What would be best, better to do? And my mind actually became much more easeful in just this, you know, I, I, I didn't have to think about it anymore. And this idea of not thinking about it and not being part of my own choice uh, on retreat, can sometimes be very skillful and wise and let some part of the mind relax and let go. The, you know, there's the selfish part or the egotistical part or the part that always wants to be in control. Um, so, um, uh, now I know that there are religions and cults who insist that you're supposed to give up, renounce all self-control and let someone else choose for you. So certainly we're not 
uh, saying that. But there are times when it's useful as a kind of way to kind of just let go of certain things which are usually okay to, to do. So these two sides of renunciation, we renounce something which is harmful, we renounce something which is not necessarily harmful, but we benefit from having renounced it. For, for this to be a, a parami, a perfection, as I think all of you know, but I just want to say every time, is uh, what makes renunciation a perfection is when renunciation is connected to liberation and when it's connected to compassion. When we really understand through our wisdom that renouncing, letting go of certain thing uh, supports and helps me in the path of liberation. I become freer in the process. And it's, it's connected to compassion. That somehow our connection to other people, our caring for the world and the people around us, um, is expressed in the act of renunciation or is part of it. And so those are some of the things we'll explore today. Um, and uh, it's a, I think it's beautiful um, when, it, when renunciation, letting go, is connected to these two qualities. When, when renunciation is connected to compassion, it's also compassion for yourself. So that's a protection from your, your renunciation causing you harm, causing suffering to you. And I think there's too many times when religious traditions have caused a lot of harm on people by telling them they should renounce something. And that's, I've seen that in Buddhism as well. Uh, people have felt they had to give up things which weren't right to give up. And they thought, oh, I'm supposed to be a good Buddhist, just letting go, letting go. So that's um, the topic for today. Are you guys on board? Or are you going to let go of the day now and go home? <laughs> so, um, what I'd like to do is uh, to do an exercise. Have you did an exercise? And... Um, Hopefully, uh, I mean, if you need to go, I realize some of you maybe in a bio needs to go to the bathroom, so you could just, there's, there's time, you could probably sneak out, and sneak out, just kind of trickle out in the course of, in the course. <laughs> <laughs>